Hello, and welcome to the Pacific Northwest Showdown podcast. This is your host, Michaela Mattis, and this is episode four of the Pacific Northwest Showdown. And today we will be introducing our new host, my beautiful wife, Kate. Hi, I'm Kate. I am a Mrs. Michaela, I guess. Mrs. Michaela. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Other half. No, you're Kate. I'm just Mrs. Michaela. That's that's a little, um, that's you. You can be, you get to be your own person. All right. I'll take it. That's important. That is important. It's true. I thank you for recognizing that. Yeah. All right. So it's going to be an exciting podcast today. We're going to cover the Seattle Kraken's very first game of their franchise history. We're going to talk about the Seattle Sounders and the Seahawks and kind of how that's all going to look for them um, going forth in the the next few weeks with not being able to have Russell Wilson there in the field. Yeah. Um, And then we'll talk about our Pacific Northwest Player of the Week and get to our mailbag questions. But I'm really looking forward to discussing these things with Kate because uh, when we first met... I'm new to sports. Okay. So this is going to be interesting (laughs) for all of you. And when she says she's new to sports, she's new to sports as of like three years ago when I walked into her life. And I can tell you that anytime she says something about football, she looks at me for me to like acknowledge how smart she is and how much she's picked up. Yeah. You should just be proud of me is what I'm saying. I'm very proud of you. (laughs) I'm very proud of you. So in some of these segments, you might hear me explain some things to Kate. You might hear Kate kind of like slip some things in there in terms of like, Hey, wifey, like, look at my knowledge kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, As we're talking right now, Kate is distracted and taking a video of the dog who is playing with his toy. I mean, he's really cute, though. You (laughs) know, it's adorable. It's true. Maybe we'll post that video uh, on Twitter for all of you to see what's happening while we're podcasting. Behind the scenes. You know, people like that kind of stuff, right? It's true. Okay. So what we're going to get to first, as we normally do, is... Do the Pacific Northwest Athlete Quote of the Week. And this week, I chose to do a quote from Russell Wilson. I think it's a really important time in his career, given what he's going through this this season, to share some of his words. Um, And that quote is, always persevere, always have a great perspective, and always have great purpose in your life. And given what he's been going through, Absolutely. Uh, Yep. Between losing his best friend and his mental health conditioning coach just, you know, in the last month or two to this being the first time he's going to miss a start in his career, given the injury that 10 years, 10 years. Wow. Um, I just love that this is one of his quotes and I really hope that, you know, it sounds like he's in a positive headspace. There are some photos today. I don't think I told you this yet, Kate, but, or if you've seen them, there was pictures of him like fully dressed for practice. He was out in the field running drills with his casts on his hand. That's pretty impressive. And I put out there on Twitter, I was just like, man, maybe he doesn't need to be the OC the next four games. He's going to be throwing a ball with his thrown hand with a huge <laughs> cast on there. Hey, you never know. You never know. Whatever is part of his physical therapy plan. You want to make sure it's uh, approved by the PT for sure. So him playing in some of these games coming up might be approved even with a cast on you think and i mean what do you think that would look like i feel like it's a big liability issue though right it would be liability we would i mean we would for sure probably unless he ran i mean we could just run the ball Pete Carroll might really like that you never know he could he could hand off the ball i mean he could yeah he literally has one hand he could hand it to somebody right now the other hand's in a cast you know (laughs) he could use the one hand really well it's true 
And if they don't put, like, what if they don't even inactivate him for the games? They're going to. I know this is all, like. I mean, it could be fun, though. You never know. It could be fun. Like, but couldn't you see Russell Wilson just being, like, QB2, just ready to go in if something happened to to Geno Smith? Like, you know. You know he'd just be like, put me in coach. No, you better knock on some wood somewhere. We don't need anything happening. This is pressed particle board, but hopefully it counts. It it counts. Um, Anyways, so. I always like to link the quotes that I share just kind of to a personal life standpoint because mental health is important. Absolutely. And I like to make sure that we, you know, touch on that a little bit. So right now, um, with how the world is going, it's important to make sure that we try to maintain a positive perspective. The reality of it is, is that we all go through things in life that kind of can be stressed, make us feel overwhelmed. Absolutely. Feel like a struggle for us. You were a huge support for me this last week as I've transitioned to my new job. And that's been a struggle for me a little bit mentally and emotionally and physically as I've adjusted to that. So just to know that, like, try to always maintain a positive perspective, surround yourself with people who will support you through that journey and process. And just make sure you're around good people who lift you up and make you feel good. Uh, so yeah, what I'm saying is I'm grateful for your, I appreciate that. You know, you're always really supportive of me as well in my times of stress and need. So, and you know, just check in on your strong friends, you know, check in on the people that you always feel like are doing okay and probably don't need any check-ins because those, those folks need it too. They need to also be checked in on. That's a really good point, um, that you make because I think sometimes when all that we put out on like social media is positive things or it seems like everybody's okay that sometimes that's how people can cope yeah it's absolutely. trying this just trying to stay positive so just always mm-hmm. check in and make sure you're really asking people how they're doing uh one thing that i will never forget and this i'm gonna share i'm not gonna share this individual's name because he, he's a dear friend and a close colleague that i had in the past um but i remember that like one of the first times i met him and I, you'll know who i'm talking about i'm sure yeah Um, and I was at an event because I I work in the field of education. I was at an event at a school on the weekend, um, around, around education. And I passed this individual in the halls. And at that point I hadn't really gotten to know him. I wasn't working in the same organization as he was, but he saw me, he's like, Hey, how you doing? And we're walking past each other. And I go, Hey, I'm doing, I'm doing well. And how are you? And he stopped me because he could tell that my answer was just so, like generic, like right? surface level, like surface just like, level. I'm just walking down the hall. I don't really know you. I'm just answering right yeah, now. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And actually that morning there was some family things going on that I was really struggling with. And I had to be at this event. It was a work function I had to be mm-hmm. at. And I was trying to manage and cope. And when he stopped me, he's like, no, really? Like, I'm asking you, how are you? Yeah. How are you doing? I yeah. like, you don't have to, you can tell me and be honest. Yeah. And I will never forget that because we so often, you know, just surface level, mm-hmm. how you doing? I'm good. Oh, totally. good. Yeah. Okay. Well, like have a good day. Yeah. And he like, he just listened. He gave me a hug. That guy is all heart. Like he is. all heart. Yeah. He is. And he knows if he's listening, he knows who he is. Of course he does. Um, I, I love you, my friend, if you're listening. All right. So what we're going to get to next is the showdown lowdown. And looking forward to sharing our sports news and updates. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. All right. This is the showdown lowdown. Showdown lowdown. Thank you, Kate. I was, I just felt like it. Okay. I've always wanted to, and I listened to it. 
Aww. I just want to like yell at show down low down. Here's the thing. I don't really know what Kate's thinking when she's listening to the podcast because she's usually in her car listening to it. Yeah, I don't listen to it with and you. And she'll come home with her notes and her suggestions. I mean, there are lots of compliments usually too is the thing. Yes. I compliment. Yeah. Um, so anyways, the showdown lowdown is our Pacific Northwest sports news and updates. And we're going to start out with the Seattle Kraken because they had their first game yeah. of their franchise history yeah. on Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And although they came out with a loss, it was oh, a man, very was so close, close game and it was a very so exciting close. game. Yeah. I was telling Kate, I said, the cool thing about hockey is like, if you're only one like goal down, and there's a minute left. Like you're still totally. There's invested. totally hope. Like you're you like, could make something happen. Totally invested in that minute. In the game. It's true. So I thought that was really exciting. And I'm going to be completely transparent with this listening audience. Like this is, I believe, when I was young. I don't even know. Like sometimes I'll bring up the saber cats to people, and people are like, "Who are the saber cats?" <laughs> and I remember going to games yeah. as a kid. Yeah. And I can't tell you. Do your listeners know who the saber cats are? I don't no, because I don't even know how to explain this correctly to people anytime I bring it up in real life, yeah. which this is real life, but yeah. we're also on a podcast. So. It's true. Um, the Sabercats, was it a Tacoma hockey team? Yeah, it's it's the way I can think about it is because Everett, uh, if, if you're in the Seattle kind of area, Everett has the silver tips. And so I, again, uh, I'm new to sports, but from what I understand, I feel like those two teams are kind of like... Uh, the Rainiers and the Aquasocks, like they're lower level below the pros yes, okay. teams. And then people can kind of move through like the farm teams or the triple A. I don't know. But there's the Sabercats don't, don't exist anymore, words. right? Because I feel like it would have gone to some Sabercats games. I I don't so know. I'm going to be honest. Where, I don't know. This is where we're being I could transparent. Look it up. I can look it up. Okay. I'm gonna, so I'm gonna Google. while we were watching the Kraken game on Tuesday, this yes. is this is what we were doing. And I also played back in the day, like Wayne Gretzky's 98 hockey on the mm-hmm. Nintendo 64. Mm-hmm. And so like, that's the extent to my hockey knowledge, which again, I was like a kid mm. playing that game. Um, so, yeah. Oh, and um, you know, for, uh, for one of our Canadian listeners, uh, there was a really great mutant league hockey game where you could play hockey, but those, none of those teams were real, uh, but they were still really cool. So yes, I did a little bit of that okay. as a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no. And the Sabercats, to get back to it, uh, no longer exist. So I'm glad that wasn't like a dream I had because I swear, like anytime I bring it up to people, they're like, "What's they're like, that? What are you even talking exactly. about?" Yeah, no, that okay. uh, apparently they don't exist anymore. So sorry about that. Good to know. So basically, what Kate and I were doing on Tuesdays, anytime something happened, we were like googling like hockey rules. Okay, so we were, like, <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. What's the a power, power play? play? I was like, I don't know, but that sounds pretty. But impressive. here's the thing. That's what you have to do as a, as somebody that's coming into sports. It's okay to look things up and to, to decide you want to learn and to ask questions. Absolutely. That's some of the, like the most fun about like sports is just learning all of the small. Absolutely. Details. Yeah. And since I don't really know sports at all, I was trying to like figure out how to equate hockey to all kinds of things. I was like, Oh, this is kind of like, there's a goal, like maybe like soccer and maybe is the size of the puck equivalent to the goal, like the ball in soccer is equivalent. To, like it was, yeah. I was coming up with all these weird things. And Michaela was, was maybe regretting watching was, the game with me. <laughs> no, I didn't at all. But what I did have to remind Kate of when we first started, I was like, so you need to know something. I was just like, you're going to probably feel inclined to ask me questions about this, about the rules and all of those things, because I know so much about some other sports and especially football, which she asked me questions 
not as much as she did because she knows a lot now. But I said, you and me, I need you to remember, we're on the same, like, we have the same knowledge we're starting off. here. So <laughs> we're learning this together. So if you ask me questions, I'm going to be like, let's Google it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we learned what a power play was and how that works a little bit. Yeah. I apparently am already very emotionally invested. Oh my gosh. She, you would have thought she was watching like a Seahawks game by the end of it because she was like, come on. And she was like all excited and everything. It was, it was adorable. It's true. I was very invested. And especially with that, like quote, kicking goal. Oh, that like okay. it deflected off the skate. That was into not, if the you goal. saw the other angle, which I did share on my, on my Twitter feed. Yeah. If you saw the other angle, that was a, that was a kick. Mm-hmm. I played soccer growing up. And you can sure. kick with the inside and outside of your foot. And it depends all on which angle your target, like you're trying to hit your target at. Uh, for sure. Yeah. So for that like argument of like a kick is like a soccer game where you're kicking with the inside of your foot. Like that's like, but you don't know soccer. Even, that's what you're saying. But even the announcers were kind of like, that was kind of like a great, like sneaky kind of play. It sounded sure. like, like they were sure. kind of like, okay. if they so, get away with it, like good for them kind of thing. And and yes. it got ruled it got ruled a goal and I don't you know it'd be better if it wasn't. It's interesting it coming from you. It'd be better if it wasn't. It's the queen I do of like following rules. Only rules I like. <laughs> but yeah, I do I do kind of get sticklery about rules. rules. You also stick I know. to rules that you don't like. You're I do. very much like a I'm a little bit of a rule follower sometimes. It's a thing I've learned growing up now and I'm not always proud of it, but it's good it's to okay. know these things about ourselves. It's true. But either way, I'm somebody that no matter, like, if I'm watching a game, if I, like, even let's say it's the Seahawks and I sure. see that we have a pass interference and it wasn't called, I'm kind of like, oh, that sucks for the other team. Like, I still feel for the other no, team. No, you do. Yeah, I know for like, sure. Because at the end of the day, like, you want to be your best competitive self and you want to get what you earn Absolutely. by being a good player. Absolutely. So, but to be fair, I don't really know the rules of hockey all that well. So, like, oh, no, I no, have a hard yeah. time. I can't, I can't be a stickler about the hockey rules yet because I don't really know. Just the give us, rules. give us two weeks, and then I'll feel like I'm like, oh dang, that's okay. All right, two weeks. <laughs> we'll check, we'll check in. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> Either way, I might be asking um, Chris a lot of questions. Yes. So, Chris, if you're out there listening, maybe, um, maybe you're going to get lots of hockey questions. Yeah, or like a, just like a tutorial. Maybe. So check your check your Twitter messages so it's not out in the public. Whatever questions I have. There you go. That's safe. It's a safe <laughs> space. Safe. Yeah, exactly. All right. We're going to go ahead and move on to the Seattle Sounders who won 4-1 to against Vancouver. And if you didn't know, they're currently in first place in the Western Conference. So they're awesome. doing really well. Yep. Um, as always. So don't forget to give the Seattle Sounders some love. Yes. I did see a tweet earlier today where somebody's like, man, everybody's focusing so much on, you know, the Mariners, the Seahawks, you know, the Kraken and the Sounders aren't getting enough love and they're like yeah. an excellent team. So this is for that individual out there. Like I hear you. I'm going to try to personally do better at making sure I'm putting out content out there for our Seattle Sounders lovers and supporters. Totally. Because our Seattle sports teams are so fun to support and engage with they and are. watch. Yeah. So I appreciate that person that put that out there. Um, for all of us to remember that we have an excellent soccer team in Seattle. Yep. We got to remember, got to remember those things. It we, was fun watching we, that. It was fun. We went to, to, we went to a match one time. Yeah. I've been to a couple at this point. Well, I mean, to us together yes, have been to a match one time. Yeah, that's true. All right. 
So, and just so for those of you who do want to maybe support and watch the next game, that next game is going to be on Saturday, October 16th at 530 against the Houston Dynamo. Yeah, the, the Dynamo. Dynamo. I th- it's fine. It can be singular. What is a Dynamo? Uh, a Dynamo is like a piece of dynamite. Well, it's it's a it's a brand <laughs> of it's a brand of label makers. Um, but also, oh. I mean, I don't think that'd be much fun to play them in a soccer game. Maybe. No, uh, what is a Dynamo though? Isn't a Dynamo somebody who's like really good at something? Like, I mean, maybe not like a prodigy, but something like that. I we have no, I have true. no knowledge okay. about about well, Houston. I know where the city is located. Dynamo sounds like one of those words you would yell out if you're jumping into a pool. That, I guess like, maybe dynamo. I that could be a thing. I don't know if I don't I don't jump into pools much, but you yeah. never know. That could be you could find some sort of fun word to it's yell true. out. Well, that might be my new word. Yeah. Anytime I jump there you into go. a pool, which is also hey, and, not and, often. and listeners, uh, maybe just uh, let us know what the word dynamo means because you know <laughs> that could be a fun homework assignment. I you um, know who's going to tell me what dynamo dynamo means. Your sister. Either her. <laughs> Or my mom. That too. It's probably my mom. They're both great with vocabulary. My mom and my sister are probably going to send me a text the moment that they listen to this podcast. All right. So the Seattle Seahawks lost against the Rams, which you all know is so painful for me to have to report on any losses. The Rams. Exactly. Um, So they lost on Thursday night. Yeah. And... Russell Wilson. It was a tough one. That was got injured. Yep. It, it was a very tough game. It, yeah. was a, it was a difficult game to watch. Um, you never like to see your star quarterback go out with an injury. But if you, they kept replaying. I mean, they that. just kept showing it, you know, and you're just like, uh, like I just like it wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen. No, there are some things Ooh, that we've seen, like Dak, Dak, yeah, Dak's. Oh, that was so bad. Was bad. But yeah, I guess. I was surprised because, you know, knowing nothing about, um, you know, bones and stuff either, I didn't really realize that that injury was going to be such a big deal because the Rams quarterback, whose name I now cannot think of, but I swear it was in my head a second ago. She can never remember his name, which is hilarious considering. It's so, I feel like it's so easy and I never can do it. He played on the Lions. I know and I should know, but. You have family that live in Michigan. I do, I do. I do, but you're going to have to help me out because the fans Matthew don't want to. There we go. Thank you. Yep. Anyway, so because Matthew Stafford had had like a finger injury before that. I blame and he, you know who I blame. And then he, but he Troy was back. Aikman. <laughs> Troy Aikman is like that. And he just, he just doesn't like us, I guess, as the Seahawks. I want to know not how me you personally. Feel about Troy Aikman. Me? How I feel about Troy Aikman? Do you have feelings about him? He was, the, well, see, when I was growing up, he was the quarterback for the Cowboys. And the Cowboys, before we moved to Seattle, was like the team that we cheered for. It was, for. A, it was quote, well, you were also. I mean, we had family in Texas. I was, I don't like to admit, but born in Texas. <laughs> okay. Like I got out. It was fine. Okay. But I wasn't there very long. But, you know, so he was, he was the quarterback for that, for that team. And um, it was, it was like a lot of great, you know, watching football with my dad kind of memories sort of mm-hmm. thing. So, you know, now that I'm like watching football with you and for the Seahawks and everything, it just, I mean, I don't know. He's Troy. Like, he's just not, he's got. He's the worst. Everybody, he, we all yeah, were agreeing on just, Twitter. I was just like, let's mute this game. I can't, like, I just can't listen to the guy anymore. So, okay. So there was a part in the Kraken game the other night where they, I feel like they called it something and I can't remember what it's called, but it was like, 
the announcer was like, let's take a minute to enjoy the sounds of hockey. And there was nobody talking. And it was just, you could hear like the, you know, the skates on the ice. You could hear the puck sliding. You could hear all that kind of stuff. And I just feel like the Seahawks games might be better sometimes when they're broadcast. If like the announcers just didn't say anything, (laughs) like when it should be quiet and like, or just hearing the fans. This wouldn't be kid friendly. I know for a fact, this would not be kid friendly, but how cool would it be? We all love listening to mic'd up moments. Oh, those what are if we got to listen live feed to the mic'd up moments of the players on the field? That'd be so cool. It would be. It would have to be like a step. Like they'd have. It'd to be have a separate, separate broadcast. Yeah. Broadcast it wouldn't be like the, the one on Nickelodeon. Version. No. Yeah. Not at all. The slime wouldn't be happening in that one. Let's be honest, though. Kids that watch Nickelodeon probably have lots of things that they shouldn't be saying either. Uh, I teach fourth grade. I can tell you for sure, kids know a lot of okay. things they shouldn't be it's saying. It's true. But not my class. My class is great. Yeah. Anyway, so we're going to actually really dive into the Seahawks game in yeah. our next segment, which is the Hawkeye analysis. But before we get to that, let's just say that we will be playing the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday, October 17th at 5.20 p.m. True. And um, before we get to that analysis and breakdown of the game and what's to come, I do get to announce this week's Pacific Northwest Player of the Week. Bah, 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 bah. Kate, do you wanna do you wanna say who that is? Yeah, uh, it's pretty exciting because this week's Player of the Week uh, shout out here goes to the Seattle Kraken forward Ryan Donato, who scored the first goal in Seattle Kraken history on Tuesday night against the Golden Knights. And I gotta say, it was like one of those times where if you if you watch hockey, things move really fast. Mm-hmm. Like all of a sudden, if you look down for a second, you like miss things. I think I missed one of the goals from one of the teams at some point. I was like, when did that even, what just happened? But I did catch this one and it was just, it was great. And just the, 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 the team and the celebrating, like it was just, it was so cool. It just shows the importance because that goal specifically, like th- when that puck gets stuck around the goal like that, yeah, and that, then it's like a battle. Like it's like you, you see like three or four or five guys like all yeah. around the goaltender. Like I assume that's what you call them. And it's the goaltender. They're attending a goal. That would work. Okay. So, and, and then he's just right there. And to be able to just make sure like if, if that puck is loose there on the ice, yeah. like to just get it in. Yeah. Which I'm sure has a lot of, I'm sure there's like tons of, technical things and analysis that other people could do about that's better about how great this goal is. But yeah, yeah, I mean, those goaltenders, goalies, uh, the guys and all the pads, I mean, when they're kneeling on the ground like that, their bodies are almost as big as the goal. So to get that tiny little puck in through those spaces, but no, that was just, it was really cool. And, and big congrats to him. I mean, he's a pretty young guy, but he's been playing a while. So what a cool experience, like that moment. Yeah, like just seeing that. Yeah, and it was like all over like Twitter and stuff too. Like it about, like how it was and like. And then they so- they scored yeah. a second goal. It's like I think it was, like it was pretty soon after that. Seconds later. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't very far at all. So, yeah. Anyway, so he gets the player of the week, which was very deserved. Absolutely. And I'm sure that Ryan Donato, you know how many jerseys he's probably going to sell after that. I mean, just I, because it's like so historic. Yeah, it's a historic moment for sure. So I'll probably end up getting a Donato jersey at some point. I mean, why not? You like jerseys. I'll have to invest in a white jersey. They're just too cool not to have. But They're re- they look my great. biggest Those concern with a white jersey, and you know this, is that like I wear I wear some makeup, and I'm also like a kind of messy eater. I mean, I was I, my concern for myself with white is always like food or rubbing again, like getting like something rubbed on me from like a wall or a door or something that I'm not expecting. So it's true. 
That's but I guess annoying. that's what a washing machine is for and stain remover. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. So make make your heart happy. Get what you want. That's true. All right. We're excited for this next segment. Let's do it. We're going to be breaking down the Seahawks game. And so continue to tune in. All right. Thanks. <laughs> that's not how that goes. Oh, yeah. We're not. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I'm new to podcasting <laughs> also. I love you so much, which is why I'm keeping this in mind. <laughs> All right. We'll get to the next segment here in a minute. All right, it is time for the Hawkeye analysis where we are going to be breaking down last Thursday night's game for the Seahawks and kind of talking about what's to come with the Steelers game and what we can expect. I don't even know where to begin with last Thursday night's game because just so much happened. I feel like the most important thing to discuss first is going to be Russell Wilson's injury. Yeah. Because obviously, like, he's our star quarterback. Absolutely. He's going to be out for multiple weeks. Mm Mm-hmm. And that is, like, going to vary. They don't have a specific timeline on that. I mean, with with a lot of that, you know, the, the physical therapy and the rehab and everything really determines. And, knowing and the healing Wilson, process, you know. He's going to. He's going to work real hard at it. Well, and they're saying that the reason they're not putting him on injured reserve at this point is because there's, like, hope that maybe he could be back even sooner than yeah. anticipated. So, uh, you know. For those of you, I'm at this point. Most of you know that Russell Wilson was injured. He had um, he got mallet finger, which if you saw that again, it was just so they just kept showing just, it. You, just you don't. That's on so unnecessary. Don't Google it. You know, and again, it's not as bad as things that you've probably seen. But also they're true. just also not necessary to look at all over and over again. But he got mallet finger, and then he had. I'm going to let Kate say this one because I, she has doctors in her family that can pronounce these things and I do not. So go ahead. <laughs> I'm not a doctor, but I can pretend to read medical words. Um, he also had a communated. Nope. That's not it. Comminute, Did I spell that wrong? Com, no, no, you, it's spelled correctly. I just uh, forgot how to read it for a second. Um, and I still could be messing it up. And like I tell my kids, I don't say everything correctly, but I try. Um, comminuted fracture dislocation of the proximal interphalangeal joint. That's so like half of what you just said. I can say really, it sounded really good. I like, can it say like you know what you're talking about. Proximal interphalangeal joint. I know how to say that. That's, that, that's the impressive where part. where that is. I know what it I know interphalangeal means like in the finger, and I know what a joint is, but proximal, I I never remember which one's proximal, which one's distal, which one's like front mix. So you sound part, like you know a lot about about these things. I know a few things, okay. but so that's what Russell Wilson has. So he had surgery. Down at Cedars-Sinai, which is great. He had some pins put in his finger. Also, um, accessories are great. Accessories are <laughs> wonderful. And so typically with this kind of injury and the surgery, the recovery time is six to eight weeks. But it sounds like some are speculating that it could be four to five weeks. Hmm. But regardless of that time frame, Geno Smith had to come in for Russell Wilson. I mean, our- geez. Yeah. Who's our QB too, yeah. right? Yeah. And he has been for the last three years. Yep. I So Kate hasn't really been on the Twitter feeds this week, which is probably no, a Kate, good thing. Kate doesn't really understand how Twitter works, and she tries, and she's been on it since 2011. But Here's what Kate knows. Doesn't get it. Kate can't. knows typically when one of my tweets has blown up because I'm attached to my phone. Because then everybody, yeah, she's just constantly like, Going back tweeting and forth. back and all that kind of thing. But I don't know if I've told you how controversial one of my tweets was. I mean, I know you had people like, you know, having feelings, quote, 
adding you. Is that right? Adding they're at, they're yeah. like at you I and got stuff. Added at. Um, it, so yeah, I didn't realize because I made a couple tweets during that game and after that yeah. game. I made a tweet during the game. Yeah. So okay, I'm kind of going all over the place with. So just bear with me as I I'm, go through this. I'm sitting here ready. When Adams got turned around on that pass that got caught for like a huge gain by the Rams. Oh yeah, that was. First of all, I'll be talking about that at a different time. But what I tweeted was, I said, this might be, <laughs> this is going to be a controversial tweet. But if that was Earl Thomas, he would have intercepted that and not been turned around. And okay. I had people on okay. that tweet. I didn't have as many responses as I get in the next one, which I'll explain. Yeah. But people were like, there, that's not, that. there's no lie there. Like, that's true. So I was like, oh, interesting. Yeah. Like, people were like. Not, you know, because obviously there's lots of controversy around Earl Thomas, how he left. I mean, what's happened afterwards? I mean, yeah, the there's brotherly love. There's some which things. We don't necessarily nope, that's need to a, go. It's a family. It's a, it's a family. Um, thing. Yeah. But people, I mean, that's, I was just like, all right, I'm just going to put this out there. Sure. He would have intercepted that. Okay. I mean, knowing Earl Thomas, he might have even taken it to the house. Just I mean, because, like, I'll have just, to believe you. I wasn't following as well yeah. then. So. I thought that that would have gotten some. Act. I mean, yeah, because of the added. Earl Thomas part of it. Sure. Yeah. What I got added for most, which this tweet just like blew up, was my comment that I what I was hopeful by what I saw, encouraged by what I saw on the 98 yard touchdown drive by Geno Smith. I mean, that was crazy. And that he will be just fine. Yeah. That was. Oh, of course, because of course. Of course, because people, of course, what, are going to fight you on that. Here's what lots of people were saying. We need to go out and get Cam Newton now. No. I mean, what has he done for the Patriots? Like, well, it's not he's like not stuff, even. I you know, but that's what I mean. He's not even, it's like he was doing stuff there, like, since well, he's been there the recently. Argument. Here's the argument. Okay, I'm ready. He had a lot, like, he had a lot of things going on last season. Sure. That their offense wasn't supportive of Cam Newton's style of play. Okay. And... So I, I put out there, this is another controversial one because I didn't put out enough stats to actually show, like, basically people were saying that I was hiding things that would have made their argument more relevant in terms of, like, how well he does. Uh. So here's what I put out there. I put out there that I don't understand why people are fighting so hard for Cam Newton to be picked up over Geno Smith when Cam Newton had eight touchdown passes yeah. And 10 interceptions yeah. for the Patriots last season. And yeah. then that's when I got called out for like, well, he had 12 well, rushing touchdowns. And I'm like, I didn't realize we were looking for a running back. And I look, here's what I know. I get what you're saying. A dual threat quarterback is super important to this league. We've sure. seen it time and time again. Sure. You need a quarterback that can, you can run extend it. plays, yep. can run the ball. Sure. But how, like, I'm not going to sit here and be like, give me that quarterback that got eight passing touchdowns and 10 interceptions, but had 12, like I'm not yeah, fighting they for need, that. They need to be able to throw as well. And Cam Newton used to be like, he was an MVP. Yeah, no. yeah. I think sure. it was in 2015. He was an MVP quarterback that went to the Super Bowl. He lost and he had, he threw a nice little hissy fit about it, well, but people have feelings. People do have feelings. I shouldn't discredit that. I just, but that's also so long ago. He hasn't, He's gone through some injuries in his career sure, since and that, then, yep, but that does change your ability it to does. play at a high level. Absolutely. Well, and I mean, I think the other thing is, is um, 
the Seahawks wouldn't keep, I mean, this is me just learning football, but like the Seahawks wouldn't keep Geno Smith as the QB two if they didn't think that he could step in if it was needed. And granted, everybody would probably want Russell Wilson back sooner than later. But at the same time, like you want the guy to be like healthy and healed before he comes back, right? Like you don't want him to come back too soon. But also, I don't know, would this argument about bringing Cam Newton in or some other kind of like starting quarterback that's a more recent starting quarterback, like is that the role they would even want to like come in to do? Like, oh, hey, our, our real guy is out. Like, can you just come step in for a little bit and then we'll just sit you back on the bench? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe some people say that that's, I mean, if you're out of a job and you want a job, I'm sure that you would I suppose be willing to take that and show like, that's true. it's another opportunity to showcase. Hopefully you the still, skill set you that still you're got able something to do. true. So I can understand that component possibly, but here's my argument. If Russell Wilson aims to come back in four to five weeks, yeah. which I assume he is, and he has the money to invest in his physical therapy and his. I'm sure they have great medical that. coverage there. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Geno Smith, as you just stated, has been on the team for three years yeah. as QB2. Yeah. Everybody stated this offseason how like intricate and detailed yeah. and difficult Shane Waldron's offense was to learn the playbook. Mm hmm. Geno Smith is very familiar with it at this point. He's practiced with that playbook. He knows the play calls. He, he was knows in, the reads. They put him in for preseason. Yeah. And it, I mean, so I mean, so he's like, I mean, here's it's not what, the same, here's what right? Geno but... Smith needs to be successful. He needs the offensive line to hold up as it did on that 98-yard drive. That they was gave him so time. The people were making a, a valid argument that the Rams went into prevent defense, but here's what they did, couldn't do once he got the the ball down the field. You can't play prevent defense when you get that far down the field. You you're be. not playing prevent defense when you're 20 yards out from the end zone. Yeah. So he still he was still effective as he as he drove the ball down the field. But we need the offensive line to be able – like, we need everybody to step up on the team. We need our receivers to run excellent routes and to mm -hmm. get separation. Yeah. We need our offensive line to hold up. We need Geno Smith to make great reads and, and solid checkdowns. I think that's what's really going to benefit him in the upcoming games is utilizing tight ends. Yeah. And for the wide receivers to be uh, thrown under two and, and for them to extend the, the plays with yards after catch. So that's not something we've seen as much because yeah. Wilson so often throws the ball like further downfield. Yeah, he does like the long bombs. Exactly. So I think that there's some things that could make Geno successful. Yeah. And the interception we saw at the end of the last game, obviously unfortunate. Nobody but, wants that. Yeah, nobody wants that. But Tyler Lockett was supposed to be over there. And he was trying to draw a pass interference. Sure. People have different opinions of whether that was a PI or not. But either way... Lockett, where he would have, like, he was on the ground and Geno Smith throwing to where he thought he would have been. Yeah. That got picked off. I'm, Russell Wilson got picked off in that game too. So. True. He, I, I think to your point, um, the other thing is, is like with the, um, like the O-line stepping up and everything to protect him. The other thing is if we, if he gets injured, right, then we don't have him either. So like, we really need to make sure that the offense is protective and is like, getting in there and, and, you know, keeping, uh, and clean. He, he, yeah, keeping, keeping him like safe and whether or not he has to stay in the pocket or can run out of it or whatever he needs to do, but yeah. just to be able to have that. And then with the tight ends, 
uh, Gerald Everett. He's off, he's the, off COVID the COVID list. Yeah. Are you impressed that I know? This, this is, is the really, thing. Yeah, this is, this the, is thing. the thing. So when she knows these kinds of things, I'm super impressed. I did not share that with her, which means she somehow picked I up somehow remember that he's a tight end, first of all. And I know he's off the COVID list. So that's like my little like surprise. I'm so glad she mentioned tight end so I could sneak that in there. She's smiling and it's great. Yeah. You're so cute. Thank you. Um, so, yes. I mean, I think that I think that keeping him protected and also like, you know, he did a great job considering considering his job as a job of like surprise, right? Like how many times has he had to go mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. as a backup quarterback? Like he has he that's what I'm saying. Like, he's I, never had to be actually well, like pulled in for like, not you know, like this kind of situation. Exactly. And so so it's kind of like his job is to be like, oh, surprise, I have to go do my job now. And well, considering and where they thing. were at. People were all, you know, I, I also see the argument that like Geno Smith sucks. Like he played on the Jets. He obviously went through well, everything. Jets. That's true. Maybe the Jets are just like I mean the it's not like the it's not like it's like, oh my gosh, he played it's been on, a like, long time ago. You know, yeah. It was also so, yeah. like I think this is Geno's ninth year in the league too. Like sure, yeah. so he he's been around a while. Almost as long as Russell Wilson. The, exactly. Here's the interesting thing is that People are like, Geno sucks. I'm like, he's been sitting behind Russell Wilson for three years. So you're telling me that you don't think he's gotten any better by being sitting behind yeah. one of the NFL's best quarterbacks mm-hmm. in the league in history? Yeah. Also, like, again, they would have gotten a new backup quarterback if they didn't think he was good. Like, they wouldn't have kept him. Because yeah. you know at some point well, you're going to have an here's, injury. Here's the other thing. We know, like, we know that Geno Smith at this point is not a starting quarterback because he's not starting for any team in the league. We sure. know that he's a QB two. And so I'm not sitting here arguing that Geno Smith is oh, a QB yeah. one. No, no, not which, at all. Again, I love, I love to clarify because I think some people think that I'm thinking that he's QB one. I know he's a QB two in a QB one situation. Absolutely. But that's why you have a QB two. Exactly. It's because when you don't have Thank a QB one, you. you need, need a QB two. Yeah, exactly. So this is where I'm going to lean now into our defense. Sure. Because. Uh, the defense. Uh, the defense. If we're going to find, I don't care whether it's Geno Smith, Blake Bortles, Cam Newton, <laughs> your mom's grandmother's daughter's dog. Wow. Behind center. Sure. That's extreme. I understand. I was like, wow, we went from possibly women to actually just a canine. And yeah, I guess that could have been a bad little thing. <laughs> Anyways, so um, I get where you're going. Basically, yeah. you could pick up anybody random off the street and put them back there behind center is kind of what you're talking about. And here comes our cat deciding she has a voice. Okay. She likes participating. She does. But if you can't, if the defense can't figure it out, like it doesn't matter. Basically, what I'm saying is it doesn't matter who oh, you have yeah. back there. Like even Russell Wilson was struggling to to find success and to get a win with our defense playing the way they've been playing. Well, is my I, point. I think that you know, there's been you know some of the players um, kind of in and out, trying out different people and all that kind of stuff. And I mean, I was a little bummed not to see more Ryan Neal this week because um, what was up with that? Because you know Ugh. that I'm a Ryan Neal fan. And, um, and after, and the week before when he had so much more like playtime, I was like loving it. And then this week I was like, where is Ryan I Neal? I don't understand why they went back to what they were doing when they were playing the Vikings. Yeah. I mean, it didn't work. What happened? It was so 
So here's what the defense needs to do against the Steelers. They need to step it up. They need to know that their play on their side of the ball, like it mattered even before Wilson got injured, but it's going to matter so much more now. Yeah. Um, yeah. You guys, this cat is being super extra. That's right all right. Now. She's walking in all the cords. She's meowing. She's wanting attention. Anyways. So you guys just get a little sneak peek into our personal lives as we're doing the podcast. I mean, I'm sure some of these people have cats and they probably understand. Oh yeah. After being like on zoom for it's true. a year and a half or wherever. It's true. So if the, if the defense can step it up, I don't know what they're like. So they released Trey Flowers this week, which I, yeah. I told you that yesterday. It was like later in the evening. I was like, oh, yeah. Did I tell you that the Seahawks he, released? He, you said that he asked to be released. Okay. Well, was what it started. What it was what it exactly. came out first, That's right? What was that, it was reported. Was that he that asked to be released. Trey I mean, Flowers were... asked to be released. And she's like, do you think that he thinks he can get on another team? I was just like, the reality of it is like he'll probably be picked up by another team. Well, I mean, I, I felt like with it at first coming out that like he asked to be released. I was like, you know, maybe he's just sick of just being trash talked so hard by Seattle fans because I mean, every time a game gets lost, I mean, what you hear is like Trey flowers, like, and it's always, it's always something with him. You do, but it's a family show. So, um, so I mean, he's, he's kind of like the, I'm not a scapegoat because he, he does have a lot of mistakes and all that kind of stuff. I'm not going to get into being that, but, but he is like the guy that everybody, it feels like everybody kind of picks on or like points out more. Like more than other, and not yes. that it's not deserved sometimes. Exactly. But I think at the end of the day, this is a good move for both parties. I think that it's the hard thing for Trey Flowers is that he was it was a project. Him playing cornerback was a project. It's important yeah. for all of us to remember that he played safety in college. Cornerback was a Pete Carroll project. That he liked his size and his length and his 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 athleticism that he tried to force, like put him to try to succeed in a cornerback position. And it just never, it never fully clicked for him. And so I talked about this. um, I want to say it was with uh, my friends over there in England, the We Talk Hawks uh, UK podcast that did they do him a disservice? I mean, maybe. Did they do him a disservice by not allowing him to try to shine in a safety position because yeah. it's very different. Like those, those sure. roles and what you're supposed to do in those positions are very different. Now, will he get a shot at another team in a cornerback role? Since that's all he's been known as in the NFL is a starting cornerback that didn't find as much success. Or do you think that another team might decide like, Hey, we want to see what you can do at safety. If they, if they're, I mean, if they, if, if, if another team needs some depth or possibly needs some backups or is willing to give it a chance, like, sure. But I mean, I think we also have seen players that have played other positions, like who is it on our team? I'm, I'm just, it's making me crazy. I can't think of his name. Um, We had a player earlier this year who kind of surprised everybody when they brought him in to do something else. And it was like, Oh, you're looking at me like, you don't remember what I'm talking about. Um, (laughs) Oh, it was like, it was, it's like he had played like eight for like, I don't remember, but it was like for eight years or something. He hadn't played this other position. Oh, Nick and then, Ballour. yeah, Nick Ballour. And, yeah. um, and it was that kind of like surprising, like, oh yeah, well, well he did this forever, like in college and like early, whatever. Like seven years he played linebacker, like yeah. he actually played linebacker 
in the league. I had no idea. Yeah. And, and I mean, you and know, he was like, he did such a good job. It was solid. In preseason. It was like Nick Bloor was everywhere. Yeah. It was solid. So yeah. it's like, I don't know. So maybe like another team is willing to say like, Hey, we'll, you know, give him a chance or whatever. I mean, I just, I, you know, part of me feels bad for the guy because he does get like hated on so much, but it's, I, th- I think his mistakes are easier for like any fan to see. Cause when I started watching with you, mm-hmm. I was like, what is that guy flowers doing? That's like the first kind of like yeah. thing I really noticed. And so, and so maybe that's why is because it's like his, his mistakes are easier to see versus maybe mistakes in other positions where sure. it's not as noticeable or they're not as that's dramatically true. impacting um, the game overall. That's actually really true. There's a lot of pressure on cornerbacks and safeties to really cover the players down the field. Yeah. And I mean, you might see linebackers, you know, they'll have to drop into coverage if they can't stay on their guys. Like, sure. I think I saw Jordan Brooks struggled with that um, in the last game. Yeah. But like the, you know, we might talk about how like the defensive line is bringing no pressure. They can't get off the edge. But it's not as like noticeable in terms of mm-hmm. like, oh man, the quarterback got it out quick and look, he blew his coverage. Like these guys yeah. are wide open downfield. And, and there's been a couple times where I've said like, 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 babe, but like, he got him like, like flowers, like got the guy. And then, and then she's just like, well, the guy, whoever the player was, you know, shouldn't have been able to get the ball in the first place. He should have been covering him better. So the quarterback didn't even throw to him. And I'm like, yeah, but babe, like he actually got him though. Like, I'm like, like trying to find some I sort of bright side expectations. Like, and I'm, I'm trying to let go a little bit of that. And one thing that I do want to make note in this whole Trey flower situation is that I, and many of you know, I'm a huge person that has had criticism of Trey flowers over the last five weeks. For sure. And even last season. I mean, yeah. Season, like I've, since I met Kate, she's heard me talk about Trey flowers, talk about Trey flowers and my but, yeah. frustrations. But I think what I'm actually noticing and realizing, and this is just on a social media standpoint, mm-hmm. is that in the last week after some of my tweets like just blew up and I was getting added at and all those things, <laughs> added at a lot, is how actually like how that weighs on you mentally mm-hmm. and emotionally. Yeah. Like it, social media and what you see, like, as tough a skin as you can quote have or as strong mentally or emotionally, you know, people expect yeah. you to be like words and what you see impacts your psyche, impacts your mental health. It impacts. Absolutely. So, and I really want to talk more about mental health in a different podcast and, and have some of my friends from Twitter come on who, who sure. I've been connecting with on the mental health standpoint and Fun. people who I've connected with who are both Seahawks fans and Detroit Love and Arms fans. And we'll talk more about that and stuff. That'd probably, be great. Hopefully next week. We can invite them on the podcast um, to talk about this more because I think it's really important, especially after what I experienced just on Twitter and um, all of that. But it, so I I feel for him a little bit after what I've personally experienced this week with just like putting out an opinion or two um, and, and to know that you're so much in the spotlight and being criticized so much, it can weigh on you. So everybody just remember like, at the end of the day, like this is a sport. We can have opinions. I'm going to continue to have opinions. Kate's going to have opinions. They might be harsh. They might be blunt. They might have lots of passion behind them, but I think it's always important to take time to step back and reflect on like, I mean, these are all just people, right? We're people. We all have mental health. We all have like real life. Like, yes, that's quote their job, but even in all of our jobs, 
there's times where maybe we messed up or we're struggling or we're feeling overwhelmed and we need grace in those moments or just pure support and people who believe in us. And so I'm going to work really, really hard to come at talking about sports from that mindset a little bit now, just after what I experienced in the last week. Yeah. I mean, I think like once you experience something, it kind of, it's it's how you learn, right? It's It's how you, it's how you learn things. So. Well, here's what I know now. And we're, so we're going to wrap this segment up here of the Hawkeye analysis. I know we didn't really dive in too deep about like the breakdowns of the game. What we really need is for our cornerback situation to get better. I know Trey Brown just came off the injured reserve list um, today. Oh, good. Okay. So he was our draft pick in the fourth round this season. And he hasn't had a chance to come out and start yet. That'd be Um, awesome. So that's going to be great. And I know that Nigel Warrior, who we had gotten from the Ravens, who had waived them after yeah. the preseason. Yeah. Apparently, he sounds like he has some high potential. He's still an injured reserve, but hopefully in a few weeks he'll come off. And so maybe we'll yeah. have a, a mix-up again in the starting cornerback position. It'd be fun to watch. Which would be fun to, fun to watch. So keep an eye on the defense this weekend. I'm really yeah. excited to see how Geno Smith performs for an entire game. I mean, it's like... It's it's not great to not have Russell Wilson, but I can't help but feel like I'm Team Gino for this situation because man, I just I got nothing but nothing but the best hopes for for yeah. him on this, and just happy that he gets the chance because it's the first time he's started since like 2014 or something, something like that crazy. since a game yeah. for the Giants or something. Like that. So so did you see that I picked him up this week? Oh, for I fantasy, Russell Wilson oh, is injured. Look, no, I, I know, man, you got to do your gonna, thing. You got to do it. I I'm he's I'm get, not he's arguing. He's gonna get four touchdowns, and two of those are gonna be to your boy DK. I mean, I'll take it because you know how I feel about DK, but also, yeah, we should have we should have a segment dedicated to Kate for her love for DK. I mean, I have mixed emotions sometimes, but it's I do true. I it's do like, love him a lot. It's like a relationship. It is kind of, but think it, I'm thankful it's not. Oh, it's <laughs> that's true too. I love. <laughs> glad I'm with you. All right. So we're going to wrap up the Hawkeye analysis and we're going to get to the mailbag segment. We only have one question this week, but I'm really looking forward to talking about this one with Kate. So we will continue to have you listening in for the next segment, the mailbag. All right. So this is our mailbag segment and we have an excellent question this week. That's going to kind of carry on our conversation that we had had in the Hawkeye analysis a little Hmm. bit about the defense. And this question is from at Scott's underscore Seahawk. And this question is the Seahawks defense seem lost out there in the field. Is this down to a lack of talent or a lack of quality coaching? That's a really good question. Um, I personally think at this point in time, I struggle to believe that it's completely down to a lack of talent. Like we have Bobby Wagner, we have Quandre Diggs, we have Jamal Adams, we have Carlos Dunlap on the line. Daryl Taylor's looking hot off the edge. Same with Walton Robinson. Yeah. Jordan Brooks. Like I personally struggle to believe at this point that it's a complete lack of talent. I think that we're really struggling with the cornerback situation and that the team looks really confused in coverages. I I feel like I'm, and I'm, you know, again, new ish to football here, but I, I, I feel like there's kind of like the plan isn't clear. It's the scheme, right? So it's like in the plan. It's like, yeah, they talk about how they've played. They're taking care of it in practices and everything. Yeah. But then the player personnel that you're putting out there as a coach and the schemes to what offenses are showing you, 
our defense looks genuinely confused. And Trey Flowers, I'm going to go back to what sure. he had said um, a couple weeks back about he kind of hinted at the fact that they were confused on the field at one point with the communication about what the play call was or the play calls were. Sure. And so I am like, there's a lot of people out there saying like fire Ken Norton. And this happened last season. If you remember. Yeah, I do. I remember that. And then, you know, I think it was after week eight that things completely turned. Like it was, it was like the worst defense in the league to the best defense in the league. And that was after we got Carlos Dunlap. Yes. Who was, who's been great. He was, yeah, he gave us a chance to even come he back. Did. Like, he was the reason, he was that third down stop mm-hmm. uh, against the Rams that had, gave us that two minutes to potentially drive the, down the field in mm-hmm. last yeah, week's game. It's true. Um, so, Carlos Dunlap continues to be a huge, you know, I mean, we, like asset. You said, like you said, we have some great, we have some great defensive players. And I, I don't think that it's necessarily for like lack of trying or anything, but it's either that. The plan is one thing and then gets changed and it's not communicated or that everybody hasn't prepared for the plan. Um, I don't know. It's like, it feels sometimes like when I go in for teaching and I haven't like looked over what I'm supposed to do that day very well. And it's like coming up to reading and I'm like, crap, like what lesson am I doing? Like if you just have like kind of a a busy morning or or whatever. And it's kind of like that where you're like, well, I I can figure it out. And like, I make it work and I teach the lesson, but is it as good as it could have been? Not as much if I had. So Bobby Wagner talked with the media today. Yeah. And apparently, you know, of course he's like the lead, he's a captain. He's a leader. He's doing 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 so so much. much, but he had commented about the fact of like, missing KJ right out there because of his I mean, his leadership. KJ was KJ ugh. was great at being able to read plays. Mm-hmm. KJ was great at knowing and, and communicating with the rest of the team about yep. what play he's seeing on the other side. Yep. To be able to better prepare them. Is his it a screen? Were is so it a good. run? He, he was so good at analyzing the play. Mm-hmm. And this is what I struggled with when we didn't re-sign KJ, is that I understand that you want to bring youth onto the team. I understand that you want your young guys to get the experience and to start and you're saving money or just wanting to move on or Cap whatever. But if you whatever. don't have if you don't have you could have a physical young player who's really good athletically on the sure. field. But if they can't communicate and be able to break down or or recognize plays, yeah, then you're going to have that's a huge gap on your defense and, in terms of leadership. Yeah, like you, so, and that stuff comes with I'm experience, bitter. right? I'm still bitter. Yeah, well, no, and, and you and you had that you had that KJ Wright tweet that like had had blown up I'm, I'm bitter before too. That. But um, yeah, it's just I think I don't know. I just I hope they get it together sooner this time sooner this season than last season. I hope they figure out their plan. I mean, I say put Ryan Neal in some more, but like, whatever. No, that's an um, excellent. That is like, why is he sitting out? Like, he's so great. Look, here's my He's great opinion. on special teams. He's great in defense. Is bring Jamal Adams down into the box. Have him rush. He needs to be blitzing the quarterback more. I know sure. that they don't want to do that because they feel like they need him in coverage, but he hasn't really shown that his coverage his abilities covered, are that great at I this mean, point. Put Ryan Neal back there to help with coverage. Rush. Jamal Adams, if they if they start blitzing Jamal Adams again with the pass pass rush that we already have, that's gonna have to completely shift an offense's game plan. You have totally. to then game plan specifically for Jamal Adams coming at you nine yeah. and a half times a game. Yeah, and he eight times a game. Yeah. But they, they're not doing that right now no. because they don't have the quarterback situation to be able to not have Jamal Adams in coverage. But so, we saw yeah. how that like worked out for them last week. I know. This is what, so 
there are some things in sports that, like, when you're watching one game or one sport, that you can kind of compare it to another sport. And this is what I saw in that Jamal Adams play. And this is getting completely off topic from your question, but I think we answered it, that it's a scheme issue. I don't think it's a there could be player personnel issues, but that's also a coaching issue about who's in the field for what plays. Some kind of communication. So I'm stuff. I'm gonna lean heavily into the coaching because the coaching has been one thing in the play calling that hasn't been adjusted and there's still issues. So um but Jamal Adams on that turnaround play. Yeah. He was back at like so think about baseball and being in the outfield and you're reading a ball, the ball's you know, it's a it's a fly ball. Sure. And you feel like that, like you have a read on it. You either know you have to drop back, but you never turn your back. Like you keep your, you keep your eyes on the ball. Yeah. Just as a wide receiver would, you know, like if you're keeping your eyes on the ball and you're running towards the angle at which you think that ball is going to drop, like sure, yeah, wherever that's going to go, you, you'll either intercept that ball in my opinion, or you're going to be where the wide receiver is to be sure. able to tackle him if he catches the ball or Absolutely. Break, break up the pass. Yeah. I think that you need to keep your eyes on the ball. Of course, on the player, it's like in terms of before a player being passed to, like if the quarterback still has the ball in their hands, you need to be following the player. Absolutely. Like that's when you need to keep. But the moment the ball is thrown, track the ball. Makes sense. Track the ball after well, it's thrown. And it helps you to not get pass interference if you're looking at the ball too, so girl i know it's true i know some anyway so that is the answer to the mailbag scheme personnel i think there's coaching issues i want to see a change at defensive coordinator at this point um because if it's just if you're doing the same thing what does that mean the definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting different results yeah it's true all right this leads us to our closing podcast remarks for the pacific northwest showdown Thank you again for listening. It was lovely having my wife it was a lot of co-host fun. with me yeah. for the very first time. This is going to be a regular thing because I think she makes this podcast better. What do y'all think? I think y'all probably agree with me. She, listening to her voice is a lot better than listening to my voice, even if it's just for 25 minutes. Hey, what? you're pretty great. That's People true. love listening to you. All right. Well, everybody remember to always take care of your heart and mind above all else. Until next time. 